Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1988's Dead Ringers, directed by David Cronenberg and starring Jeremy Irons. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I rewatched With Nail and I. Is that the Gary Oldman directed film? Uh, no, that is uh, Nil by Mouth. Okay, yeah. Okay. With Nail and I is, is from 1987 with Richard E. Grant. And um, it's about these two guys who go to this country house, uh-huh. and they're they're fallen upon by one of the guy's uncles. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't I can't really <laughs> explain any more of it without spoiling it. it. It's just it's just such a good movie, such a hilarious movie. And um, any, if anyone likes English comedy, this is this is really kind of the one. I think. Okay, really? Yeah, it's it's that excellent. It's really it's really awesome. Okay, I was going to say, it sounds like a horror movie from what you said. But, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's I, I a funny have... English comedy. Yes, I said fallen upon. Mainly yeah, fallen, they, I yes. prayed upon. Right, exactly. <laughs> he more just like invades their space. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. It sounds like a reverse weekend at Bernie's. Um, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one dies and no one has to be carted around the village, which is nice. That's good. Yeah, but yeah, With Nail and I is a hilarious film. Awesome. Uh, I watched... 1941 Best Picture winner, How Green Was My Valley. There you go. The John Ford film. It's okay. Uh-huh. Uh, it's kind of boring. <laughs> um, it's about like a... I, th- I think it's in Wales. There's a, like a mining town, and it's about this kid. Have you seen this one? Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, and they gr- they all grow up or something, and they have different views on unions <laughs> and things. And I don't know. It's kind of boring, but... <laughs> It wasn't a bad movie by any stretch, uh, right? But it's it feels kind of dated and yeah. didn't hold up as much as I thought it would. But uh, I'm glad I watched it, and it's got some really in, like you know powerful sequences in it about love and you know family values and things. So it was good, but I, I don't know if I'd recommend it. You know, run out and watch it. But if you want something an old classic, you know, it's a good one. If you were not around going to the movies in 1941, mm-hmm. you likely saw Citizen Kane before you saw How Green Was My Valley. Mm-hmm. And when you knew that Citizen Kane lost the best picture that year to the other film, mm-hmm. there was almost no saving How Green Was My Valley. It, there's no way it could ever live up to what so many critics feel is one of the greatest movies of all time. Yes. And even with that prejudice taken away... <laughs> Citizen Kane should have beaten How Green Was My Valley in 1941. It's such a superior film. In every possible way. So many ways, yeah. If if Orson Welles hadn't been such a dick to everybody, then, <laughs> then you know, history would look different. I know, the heavenly creatures could have helped them. <laughs> yes, that's you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I own one of these movies on Blu-ray, mm. so that I won't tell you which, but guess which one it is. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> now let's talk about... Dead Ringers, Dave. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay, so there are these two twin brothers who have a perversely obsessive and close relationship. They have been hanging out with each other since birth, and they have been studying the sciences, specifically medicine, specifically gynecology. They grew up to have a gynecological practice in Toronto. They also live together. Yeah. Um, they have just everything they're finishing each other's sentences Mm -hmm. and they spend every moment of every day both at home and at work together Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's quite weird 
which we'll get into. Yeah, it's a David Cronenberg movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, well, one from the 80s even. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's got to be kind of crazy. Yes, prime Cronenberg, mm-hmm. uh, you know, strangeness. Yeah, so the most strange thing about it is probably how much time they spend together. Yeah. They're never apart. And when they are, it's... I, I mean, they, they can function without each other, near each other, but they do a thing where they swap who's who mm-hmm. they'll pretend to be the other brother because oh i can't make it to this meeting or whatever well you cover for me all yeah. right stuff like that but they also utilize it to to sleep with women yeah you know elliot will charm them and then pass them over to beverly beverly uh and it, it's we don't see it like grow and develop we just kind of see them as kids for a, a couple minutes in college for a couple minutes and then as adults and it, it seems like this has been going on since they were children. Yes. You know, uh, it's quite unusual and <laughs> pretty disgusting. The whole thing, <laughs> it, what you mentioned about, like, let me cover for you at this meeting would be semi-acceptable. Yeah, that's fine. You know, um, if you found out about it as a colleague, you'd be like, hey, man, you're a dick. You know, I was supposed to be talking <laughs> to Elliot. Right. But it's the it's the whole thing of them using it to bed women, mm-hmm. specifically Elliot, who is... I feel like he's a less talented doctor than Beverly. Probably. You know? He, he, later, Beverly says, you know, it's the only reason Elliot keeps me around is because he needs me for the, the work. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we see that in their, their relationship quite often. I mean, like but Beverly is usually pouring over, like even when they were in college, he, he's always got like textbooks and he's, he's like back in the dorm. He's, he's like doing all the work mm-hmm. while, while Elliot takes like all of the credit at these, uh, at these galas, mm-hmm. um, he's being feted by other doctors and other students. Mm-hmm. And when we find out that they use this to get women, like specifically the, the way it works is that, yeah, Elliot is a ladies man. Mm-hmm. And he's able to, you know, like, like get in and he has the, a one night stand with the woman, mm-hmm. but develops a relationship with her and passes her over to Beverly who takes it over. Yep. Um, and it's really the only way Beverly can, I guess, get in with a woman is, is if the woman already knows a yeah. version of him yeah. and is comfortable. And that's what Elliot says to him when they start having this kind of falling out going on. Like, yeah. You would, you'd still be a virgin if it wasn't for me. <laughs> yes. Which is the truth. It could be true. Right. But uh, I'd rather him still be a virgin. This is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Horrifying. He'd, he'd be a better person if he'd <laughs> yes. never had sex. And the movie opens with them as children. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10, 11, 12, yeah. something. 10, I'd say. And they're just walking together in the same... They're dressed the same way. Yeah. They have the same glasses. They speak the same way. <laughs> they're like these two... Like conjoined twins. I yes. mean, they're not conjoined, but they're like, like that. They're glued together, basically. Right. And they're discussing like how fish uh, reproduce in water and things like that. And humans, because they live on land, they have to have sex like they normally do. If humans lived in water, they would just you know spray sperm on eggs, you know, and that'd uh-huh. be it. Right. So they asked this little girl, well, so like another girl their age, like. Hey, will you do an experiment for us? Like, will you have sex with us in the bathtub? <laughs> and they just come straight out with it, yes. like as if nothing is weird about it. Uh-huh. And they're like, "She's like, fuck you, you assholes!" Like this twelve-year-old girl, like <laughs> gives them a mouthful of you know sailor words. I know it's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> she is. She's really <laughs> get out of here, weirdos. Yeah. Um, and, and that that intro is just so weird too. Like mm-hmm. these kids are weird. Yeah. 
they're um they're they're not like like kids you'd want to encounter. I, I mean, like like even in this scene, they're, they're being semi funny. I mean, like you're kind of enjoying what they're saying. Yeah. But I'm sure that when you got L- to know these little kids, precocious, yes, yeah. th- then the precociousness would come out, uh-huh. and you'd be like very, it'd be very off putting. Um, like kids who think they know everything, even if they're really smart, don't know anything, mm-hmm. and you know that would get old real fast. Right. And then it cuts to them in college, and they they've created their own custom tool yeah. for, you know, working on a woman's vagina. Uh huh. And the they're working on a cadaver, and the teacher comes over and is like, "What the hell is this?" And they say they had it custom made. Yeah. Which is a scary thought. <laughs> and uh, which we see later also. And uh, he says, this will never work on a person. Right. Maybe a cadaver, but not on a patient. Right. And then it smash cuts to them becoming like like gynecologist of the year for this discovery <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they won the Oscar for best gynecologist, you know? That's so messed up. <laughs> and and by the way, I think that this movie, maybe we could just talk about like like gynecology in general. Okay. I- you know? I don't know a whole lot. But I, I don't we'll either. <laughs> Why are there so many male gynecologists? It, it's it's really unfair. It's really like like th- think how vulnerable anyone going yeah. to a gynecologist already <laughs> feels. And now you have a man down there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're supervised while this is going on. They're supposed to be nurses in there. Like they're okay. supposed to be ladies in there with them. Good. I believe. Good. I hope so. I don't know if a male nurse could be in there. I mean, I, mean, that, I don't know. That, that kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? You know, like if if it's an, a male nurse in there, I mean, it's, yeah. it's Elliot Mantle. Uh, so that's what happens here. Yes, mm-hmm. which is exactly what why why they would set up this this gynecological practice is is to meet women. I mean, like that's all Elliot does, basically. Yeah, like they're interested in doing their work and mm-hmm. helping people, right? But uh, there's an ulterior motive for of them. Of course, it's to to get all these ladies. Oh, it's and it's... who would sleep with their gynecologist? <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> Man, that just seems odd. Yeah, I want to. What? I, 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 I've I've seen it done. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've I'm not well, seen the, it, but I mean, having the title of doctor who it, looks like 1988 Jeremy Irons. Forget about yeah. it. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's charming with that as accent hell. And, oh my oh. god. Yeah. I mean, with those chiseled features and everything. I mean, he and he's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. He's gonna do fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but what complicates things for their dynamic is, uh, Genevieve Buchholz's character. Yeah. Claire. Claire Nouveau. Um, she is an actress, uh, like a, a, a famous actress in the film. Um, she's like well-known movie star and she comes into the clinic and while being examined by Beverly, mm-hmm. um, Beverly finds discovers that that Claire has, uh, like some kind of medical abnormality. She has three cervixes. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to prevent her from ever having children. Right. Because Beverly runs into him and tells him about um, Elliot wants to see scientifically, but he also wants to meet Claire Nouveau. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he does is puts the moves on her. And they're going to dinner, and he succeeds in, you know, Mm -hmm. like, bedding her. Yep. And then passes her off to Beverly like he normally does. Mm -hmm. But the complication is that, like, Beverly starts to catch feelings. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Uh, Elliot comes home and he says, "You have to try the movie star." Yeah, she's amazing or she's unbelievable. Uh huh. That's such a disgusting thing to say. Oh, and I think Bev's home watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. 
<laughs> which I appreciated seeing in the movie. Of course. I really wanted to watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous after. Was it as I mean, like yeah. that I I loved that show. <laughs> it's so it's just garbage, you know. It got replaced with other garbage. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Um so he, they, he does end up going and having his you know turn. Yes. And he falls in love with her. Right. And I think she starts to fall in love with Beverly. Right. Not Elliot. Mm-hmm. Elliot was the one she had fun with. Yeah. But then she got to know Beverly because he's the one who comes in as the backup. Yes. Uh, and they develop feelings, and this creates kind of a love triangle deception thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Claire, to her credit, kind of catches on pretty quick that something weird is going on. Unlike their other previous women they've done this to, like, I think Elliot is visiting her on the sly a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a moment when when Beverly walks into the apartment where, like, the camera goes on to Genevieve Bookhold and she has this moment of, the man I just kissed is not the man I kissed the other night. She can tell. Right. Yeah. She, she knows right away. Well, and she is the, what does she say? She's the only person in, that doesn't know about the famous twin gynecologist yes. or something. <laughs> she yes. doesn't know they are twins. She's, she's, she's she like. She thinks there's one. Uh-huh. She thinks there's one guy. And and she, she approaches Beverly about it one time when they're sitting on the couch together. And she just straight up asks Beverly and tells him what she's feeling. Says, you know, sometimes you're an amusing lay and other times you're a very sweet man. Yeah. But I never encountered the two of th- those two personalities together. You're a bit schizophrenic. Right. Like she'll find them fascinating at times, and then other times she can't stand them. Right. You know? Uh, and she doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. She can't reconcile this. Right. And something's bothering her. Yep. And yeah, there's something wrong. Of course. Dude, you figured it out. <laughs> yes. You're going to figure it out real quick. Uh, the fact that uh, Beverly has a brother comes up. And he like, he he's like, oh oh yeah yeah, we're not close or whatever. And they get caught in this lie uh-huh. because she finds out that they live together and all this because she has dinner with a friend who uh-huh. tells tells her all about the twins, and they live together and they're very close and all this. <laughs> so she calls him out on it, and uh, they're playing it down like, okay, we're not doing anything weird here. I just. Didn't want to talk about this, I guess. I don't know. They're trapped now, and they've got to, they've got to do something. This is my favorite scene in the film. This is one of the best scenes, yeah. Is her they, confrontation of them She at wants the to go to dinner with Elliot, and mm-hmm. Beverly says, okay, I'll arrange dinner for you two. Right. <laughs> and she says, no. <laughs> all, of, all three of us, uh-huh. which is a good call. Yep. So then they set up the dinner, and that's the best scene. Yeah. And I've, I've actually watched this scene... Um, just apart from the movie several times. Every, every time I watch the movie, I, I'll rewind to this scene after the movie's over, and I'll just watch it a few more times just because I, mm-hmm. I love Claire's reaction to everything that's in this scene. Mm-hmm. She's defiantly not going to put up with this shit. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Irons' performance as both brothers in this scene. Mm-hmm. It would be one thing if... Like, when you have twins in a movie, if one of them has a slightly different hairstyle or one mm-hmm. of them wears glasses. Yeah. Um, in this case, not only can you almost never tell until this moment which one is which mm-hmm. sometimes, but after this, after the confrontation, you always know which one is which because of Jeremy Irons' performance. Yeah, his body presence mm-hmm. is... Uh, it's so distinguishable yep. that you can tell who's Beverly and who's Elliot. Right. Well, and also because Beverly has like a downward spiral here and 
you know, his facade is broken and he kind of put gets himself in, he he self-destructs a little, you know. Yes. So it's easy to tell at that point. Right. And in this scene, like I don't know if Jeremy Irons even in real life or in a movie has ever been this smug as he is as mm-hmm. Elliot Mantle. Yeah, and Claire my favorite line is after Claire starts getting pissed off and all this stuff and she's accusing them of doing this stuff uh-huh. and they're denying it. And she keeps going with it, and then she says, like, what is this, Beverly? You have me, and then you pass me off to your brother. Mm -hmm. And Elliot looks at her and goes, actually, I had you first. And he's just like, what you going to do about it? I have the line written down. Oh, you do it. It is fantastic. (laughs) Actually, I was the one who fucked you first. But then I gave it to my baby brother because you weren't very good. Oh, God. Fuck you, Elliot. Oh, my God. You are the world's biggest prick. And on top of that, I mean, like, when I say smug Jeremy Irons, it's a different kind of smug than, like, smug Billy Zane. I mean, like, <laughs> like imagine, like, a man who even his hair is smug. Uh-huh. He's sitting upright in, like, a very expensive suit, mm-hmm. and he is completely unapologetic about what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He means this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's being deliberately hurtful. And props to Claire for not taking it. Mm-hmm. You she know? throws a drink in his face. She throws a drink in Beverly's face. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after after then coming back to, to, to after Elliot says this line about, you know, I fucked you first, she, she says, what is it with you, chum? You can't get it up unless little brother's watching? Mm-hmm. And and when I, I think when when uh, when Beverly tries to interject um, is, is when he gets the drink in the face. <laughs> and then they put the camera back on Elliot and he has this great, like like, kind of, like that's awesome. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. he's really amused by this whole thing. Yeah. Both that El- both that Beverly got the drink in the face and also just of the situation. Like we really put one over on this lady. Right. It's disturbing. It's, you think about it, and it's just the most vile thing. Yeah. Anyone can do. Yeah. And he's being totally sadistic about it. Mm-hmm. You know, just like he's not sorry. Like he's going to do this again mm-hmm. to somebody else. And when she leaves in a rage he's just like well i guess that's the end of that chapter uh-huh. you know yeah i agree that's the best scene in the movie uh-huh. it's a great scene it is <clears throat> and from here like uh the, i guess the relationship ends yeah for a while for a minute yeah uh and then they 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 go back into just the normal routine of things is that what happens well after this is over um Elliot sees that Beverly is upset and and tells him, I'll go straighten things out with her if you want. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, no, leave it alone. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. And, and Beverly's really distraught at this point. He then goes to Claire mm-hmm. and tries to patch things up. Mm-hmm. And to everyone's surprise, every every viewer's surprise, she is like willing to try again with Beverly. Yeah. Um, it's a, Very odd. Yeah, it, it's a really it's a curious choice to make. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you could say that, that, uh, you know, you can never really judge someone's relationship choices, but in this case, I'm, I'm looking at it going clear. You, is that, is that entirely wise? Right. You know? Yeah. Cause you know how you got into this and right. Is that going to change? I mean, he's still going to be living with Elliot and they're still, they're yeah. still going to be doing all the things that they had been doing. I mean, like, and that Beverly is not blameless in this. I mean, he's been, he's been profiting on, on Elliot's deceptions mm-hmm. and, and his, his grossness all his life too. Mm-hmm. Well, and we find out Claire's not all there really either. Right. She's kind of taking all these meds yep. and she has a broken, you know, normal quote unquote psyche yes you know she has w- strange views on things 
uh, how relationships and sex should be, I guess. Right. Uh, not one to judge, but it's not the normal the way people are. Exactly. So she's, I guess, willing to go with this as long as things change. Yeah. Uh, and I think Beverly moves in with her. Yeah, he, he's spending a lot of yeah, time Yeah, he spends there. almost all his time there. Yep. And, uh, he hasn't seen Elliot in a week, right. something like that. And then we there's a scene where Elliot goes to meet Claire at her like at her movie shoot in, right. in her trailer, mm-hmm. and it's a really good scene. I like that scene too. He's like talking to her about like everything that happened and like how she's kind of fucking things up for them. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, "You introduce a confusing element into the Mantle Brothers saga, perhaps a destructive one." Might be my favorite line <laughs> yeah, of the movie. It's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> and just saying, you know, you're fucking this up. <laughs> Beverly's not his he's not himself because of you. Uh-huh. And that fucks me up. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> a confusing yeah. element to the Mantle Brothers saga. And that just shows how they perceive themselves as these superior beings or something. Of course. Man. Yeah. And he's never been he's never going to get his comeuppance. And even in this trailer, even when he's telling her to kind of like I guess get lost. Um, he's still trying to be on the make with her. I mean, he, yeah. he tries something yeah. with her. It's so weird. I know <laughs> it, it is really, really fucked up and it leads to, you know, like David Cronenberg can't help, but even when he's making a mannered drama, which, which to this point, it has pretty much been that way. Even mm-hmm. if, even if it's a messed up story, Yeah. but you know, a nightmare is coming. Okay. And when it does, <laughs> It's going to be gross. It's going to, to like make you uh, sick about being a human being. Uh-huh. You know, because because th- that's the thing about being human. We're grossed out by ourselves all the time. Yeah. Um, and be- you're grossed out by this. Before we talk about the nightmare, there's one more thing that happens in the trailer mm-hmm. where she tells Elliot that he's not even close to being as good of a man as Beverly. Uh-huh. And right. up till this point, Elliot's had this superior view of himself. He's the bigger brother, you know, yep. which he rubs in Elli- in Beverly's face a lot of times. Right, right. Kind of condescendingly calling him little brother. Yeah. Even though they're born, you know, two seconds apart. Of course. But uh, she's like, You're, there's no way I'd be with you. I'll be with Beverly, but not you. You're disgusting. Right. And Elliot, at this whole time, has thought of them as the same. And he's like, I'm not as good as him? Like, he's kind of, like, shocked that she said this and kind of hurt. Like, right. And maybe realizing he's not the same. I said earlier he's never going to get his comeuppance, but you actually are right. He is deeply, like, wounded by these words. He says, am I really that different from Bevy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And and you can tell he's kind of cut by it. Right. It, it's the first time anyone has ever been able to penetrate, you know, like like that, that completely unfeeling uh, manner that he has. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Claire, Claire really cuts him deep. And I think that drives him for the rest of the movie. He's trying to repair things. With, right. with Bev to try to get their relationship back to where it was. Right. He's not trying to fix it and make it better. He's just trying to go back to the way things were. They're, they're fucking crazy, sadistic ways. Of course. You know? Right. Uh, but yeah, then then the nightmare happens, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the nightmare, essentially, well, is... Well, <laughs> uh, Bev has started doing drugs now with Claire, though. Yeah. Because he can't sleep. He's taking a second... He, like... Like he's taking drugs and and then like after the nightmare is when he takes his first second all I think so that he can like not dream uh-huh. and in the dream what happens essentially is you see uh, Beverly laying in bed and Claire is with him and um 
But when they, they move the camera to the right, you see Elliot there, like, yeah. naked also watching them hap- watching this stuff mm-hmm. happen. And um, it turns out when they pull the camera back, there is, like, a face hugger, pretty much, <laughs> that, that it connects from Beverly to Elliot. Yeah. Like they their are, belly button. Yes, they're yeah. they're joined at the at the abdomen mm-hmm. by a really uh, a it, really disgusting looking. It's like an umbilical cord face hugger thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it, it's disturbing as hell. And so she, then she starts to go down on it. Oh, and she bites it. She bites it and rips this worm out of it. Come on, David Cronenberg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, this is what we expect from you, but. Not just one movie. I mean, we get movies later, but dude, it's I wa- pretty disgusting. I, I'm, I'm, I want so much for a, a, a an evening to have happened in 1988 that I didn't know about, where my parents went to see this movie with their <laughs> friends. You know, it never, it definitely didn't happen, right? But I can just about imagine it did, and I can imagine about them wanting to walk out after seeing this scene. Yeah, I mean. It's all right. I like that stuff. It doesn't bother me too much. I love but it. But man, it's yeah. a, it looks good, mm-hmm. even though it's disgusting. Right. It's supposed to look that way. Right. But uh, yeah, what a nightmare. Yeah, it's it's a horrifying moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Beverly snaps out of it is when he, you know, first starts like the real um, serious drug use that, that, that starts to dominate his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's now like uh, screwing up. You know all of his research. That there, there's a moment where he, um, where Elliot is talking at another uh, get yeah, together, yeah. a big some, social some thing. gala where he's being praised for his gynecological work. Uh huh. <laughs> and he's just pretty much taking credit. How many again. gynecology conferences are there, man? There, there, there are so <laughs> many like like balls. You know where, where gynecologists are being awarded with things. And I, I mean, wow, what a profession. Oh yeah. You know. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> Bev crashes it. Yeah, that's I, it's one of my other favorite scenes. He oh, comes yeah. in, he's drunk and high. He's fucked up, <laughs> and he just comes in and sits down, kinda. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then <laughs> Elliot, I keep I keep wanting to call him Claire, but <laughs> Elliot, <laughs> he's giving this speech about how his brother couldn't be there tonight. Uh huh. And whatever, and he's kind of giving his credit to his brother. You know, you know, he's a big part of this too. I couldn't do it without him. Yeah. And he doesn't even realize he's there and he's saying this, which is nice, you know, because he is acknowledging that his brother is a big deal here. Right. Uh, but then <laughs> Bev stands up drunk as shit, like, oh, I am here. And he kind of stumbles up to the podium and Elliot says, oh, yeah, here he is, everybody. And he gives this speech about how they're switching personas and like, yeah, like frauding <laughs> everybody. Uh-huh. And man, it's crazy. And he's and then he makes the remark um something about like i spend all my time over the hot snatches uh, oh yes Ugh. there you go and elliot and is, he spends his time at the parties yes and elliot is just like trying so hard to hold it together in front of all these you know tuxedoed people he does a good job he does and he does a really good job of 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 keeping everybody i mean he does some good pr mm-hmm. you know like like just from the hip right there yeah but like his i mean beverly is making an ass of himself yeah he's like oh he was he celebrated a little too much you yep. know and then back to the speech you know <laughs> he just picks it up uh, i can't believe it i know <laughs> he saves it yeah he does he manages to because like people clap at the end mm-hmm. i mean even though this guy just just you know made a drunken fool of himself mm-hmm. but um you know james dean at the end of giant <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly exactly um yeah so um 
where does it go now, Dave? Is this when he gets really into drugs and Yeah, because um Claire gets an offer to like shoot this movie down mm-hmm. in Georgia. Okay. So she's gonna be away for like ten weeks. And okay. this is really devastating to Beverly because he has fallen in love with Claire. Okay, yeah. And and because he only knows life as a connection to another person, like like a completely codependent relationship. Right. Um, he had broken that seemingly with his brother and had picked it up with someone else, and now she's gone. Mm-hmm. So now he has to go back to Elliot, uh, back in their... Um, their penthouse Their apartment. penthouse that they yeah. have. And, like, Elliot is trying to bring back what they had before. And yeah. he's got a girl over there, and he's dancing around to, you know, some mm-hmm. old tune. They got wine. Uh, he's got a nice sweater yep. on. And... When he asks, when he he tells the girl to go, you know, get Beverly, get Beverly to dance. Carrie, is Carrie her is her name. Um, and she she tries to get him to dance. He doesn't want to. And then Elliot encourages him. So so then Carrie starts dancing with Beverly, and then Elliot comes up behind mm-hmm. Carrie. Yep. And is seemingly angling for a three way with his brother and Carrie. Uh huh. And it's almost there. And it's getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then Beverly opts out yeah. right at the last second. Uh, there was about to be some twin action happening here. Oh, God. It was so close. I know. And then he goes and sits down outside, you know, because he's messed up. Right. So And he collapses. He collapses out there. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they uh, take him to the hospital? Yep. Okay. And that's when Elliot really discovers, like, the, the, the severity of the drug problem. And he has to cover up yeah. for Beverly here. He's like, I had to, like, fight him off to take a blood sample. I wouldn't let him do it. Right. He's like, we've got to figure this out, otherwise we're... Fuck. Yep, because he has yeah. to like, yeah, has to hide like like Beverly's problem from the medical community. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yep. their 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 whole their whole life is is in jeopardy here. Yep, they'll lose their licenses. Yep, everything right over. So right. he's got to hide all this and fix it. Um, and so, sometime during all this, Beverly goes and creates these tools. Ugh. He uh finds he has all these blueprints because because. Claire has the the triple cervix. Yes, he he wants to create something to to fix her or something like that. Right. So he like has all these blueprints of like all these really David Cronenberg style <laughs> gynecological tools. Uh-huh. They are all f- like phallic in nature and uh, twisted. There's blades. Yeah. On there's them? like blades and spirals and metal. It's yeah. Crazy looking. One looks like a corkscrew penis. Yes. It's weird. It, they're just torture devices. Yeah. Yeah. This is stuff in like Saw. Yeah. Like this is in Seven. They had <laughs> the guy who went down into that dungeon in Seven. <laughs> yes. He had this bag of tools, That's man. That's right. <laughs> but uh, he goes to this guy who makes like art out of steel and metal and he has this guy make it. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell are these? And Beverly says, they're tools for operating on mutant women. <sighs> with the most like serious yes. face and yes. serious nature because that's what they are. Uh-huh. And that guy's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever he says, he makes them. He goes with it yeah. like, like immediately. <laughs> he, he doesn't say, you're sick, get out of my gallery. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, I mean the the idea that this guy and he even like later in the movie he's displaying these these because he makes them out of surgical steel yeah. and then he put he uses Beverly's description of them as the title of the, the art. The title of the art piece is Tools for Operating on Mutant Women. Oh Christ, man! <laughs> it's 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 really really. And gross. he runs in and steals them <laughs> after he's been 
apparently stripped of his license yeah, because yeah. what goes on after after he gets the the tools made is another Cronenbergian um talk about like being able to like set up dread and horror in a medical setting yeah um you know with kind of bass violins playing and an an operating room in which everyone is wearing these red gowns the red is what really sells this man I mean, it, it looks like a place mm-hmm. that, that you would not feel safe whether you were the patient or one of the physicians These or nurses. These are like Palpatine's royal guards they, or something. Exactly. Shit. It is the <laughs> Praetorian Guard yeah. as doctors, you know? Yeah. You don't want that. No. I kind of wish this sequence went farther uh, because yeah. you see him with the one tool. It's kind of neat how they, they go through it, though. Like, he, he has the tools on the table and, like, the nurse who's helping is like, what the fuck are these? I know. You know? Like, and he's like, these are new tools. We're going to use them. He's like, I don't even know what that's called. And he goes, that's one, two, three, four. <laughs> and so he has her hand him one of the tools. Number five. And it it's like this Freddy Krueger claw that like yes. flips open like a switchblade. Right. And it's like a hook with a, a blade at the end. And he goes in. And I guess he actually makes an incision because yes. the patient starts bleeding. Right. But like the other nurses there and doctors just like stop him. Yeah. They're like no way. Right. They they stop him right then. And they can tell also that he's uh not himself. Yeah. He's stumbling yeah. around, he's slurring he's his shaking. words. Yep. Yeah. Um like I said it's a good sequence and it is pretty terrifying. Right. I thought there'd be more to come from those tools though. I I thought there would too the mm-hmm. first time I saw it, but if the the thing about like almost all of Cronenberg's movies is even when he's dealing with anything, whether he's dealing with something supernatural or in this case with something that's just like really scary for a person, mm-hmm. um, it's always kind of based in reality. Yeah, and I think that like even if you were dealing with um, this renowned physician in an operating room, you as the other doctor who was attending or one of the nurses mm-hmm. would immediately see what's happening and stop them right then, yeah. which is what they all do. They just sort of rush this guy. Right, and they they, they only go with it. Initially, because they know he is the best. Yeah. And he has created tools before that are now the industry standard. Yeah. So they're like, okay, mm-hmm. this thing looks like it's going to kill me. Right. But, uh, I guess we'll go with this. It must be like worthy of, of, of yeah. whatever we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, kudos to them for stopping it because right. they, they know this is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we, when they, when they actually do get Beverly away from the patient, we're then at the medical board and Elliot is sitting in front of the board pretending to be Beverly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's apologizing and he's, he's saying, you know, like I, the reason they're doing this is because they know that Beverly in his current state where he's like, you know, pretty much right. He's like spud. He, he, he can't fucking do anything. Exactly. He's now, he's now shooting up all the time mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's totally not himself and, um, they don't buy it. Mm-hmm. They, they, I think they, they know that it's actually Elliot. Oh, do you think so? Because like later in the, in the apartment when they're back, they're like, you know, Beverly is rocking on his haunches, mm-hmm. like asking Elliot how it went. And Elliot gets on the phone and is like trying to smooth things over with somebody who's talking to. And he gets off the phone and he goes, I, I don't think they believed us. You yeah. Know? Um, which is good on them. Good on the city of Toronto for finally realizing the menace <laughs> right. that, that is that is, you know, like in this in this damn clinic. Mm-hmm. So uh, now they're both, you know, totally their careers over. Yeah. They're, they're shown as frauds and crazies. And extreme lunatics. Right. They're maniacs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I think this is when the detox really starts to happen. He's like, you can't have any of this shit. Right. Uh, we've got to get 
synchronized is what he calls it. <laughs> as soon as we're synchronized, things will be better. Um, it'll be easy, he says. Yeah. Because they've been out of sync because ever since Claire came in. Right. And she's gone now out of the picture. So Elliot's taking this opportunity to fix it. And so he tries to detox Beverly, but he, it, it doesn't work. Because I think Claire comes back. They start doing drugs again. Yeah. So to get synced, Elliot starts doing drugs. And then once they're synchronized on drugs, they'll quit the drugs. The goal was synchronicity. Yeah. So the goal is apparently still being met. Yes. Because, yes, the, if I can't get him off drugs, I'll become a drug addict myself. I found that so fascinating. Me too. That they believe that once they're in tune, they can do anything. Yeah. Because that's been their life. Yeah. And, and they're, they're also very um, aware of the historical first set of conjoined twins, uh, yes. Chang and Aang. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they know all about their lives and how each twin died. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then as they get further into their drug use and become less and less mentally capable, mm -hmm. they start referring to one another as Chang and Aang. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I remember encountering the, the first, like the, the old pictures of, of those guys, you know, in the Guinness book of world records when I was yeah. like in third grade. And, and being really fascinated just by by the life of conjoined twins mm -hmm. um, and how I, I remember reading that th they had married two sisters and they had children. Yeah. And the first thing that came to my mind, which I'm sure it came to everybody's mind, is they must have had sex in front of each other. Oh, I'm sure. They um, had to have. You know, it's the only way it could have happened, mm -hmm. which is like, I guess for them... It, it must have seemed like the only way they could have a normal life would be to do this. They probably had some kind of system worked out. Sure. I mean, right. I don't know if it was, you know, the way Elliot and Beverly were doing things. <laughs> or, <laughs> right. or uh, you know, maybe the one guy's like, all right, uh -huh. I'm going to put, we'll put a sheet up. I don't know. Well, do I love Lucy? Yeah, put a sheet up. Know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This half of the room. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Which is, you know, it's, it's a, it's not scary to think of because it's just human. But but at the, at the time when I was a kid reading about it, I mean, like my mind immediately went to these kinds of thoughts. Right. And in in this case, these guys are not conjoined, but they basically are because they're of one mind. Yeah. They have like lived as though they were like joined at the brain. Yeah. You know, for 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 their up, up until age forty. That's an interest. That's a really interesting idea. Like uh -huh. that Cronenberg probably could have used in this. Like. Their minds are joined, yeah, you know, like right. somehow. Right. Uh, instead of the physical, like, belly button representation he did. But, like, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Wow, I know. That's kind of cool. It, it is. <laughs> and, and, I mean, like, they, they, they achieve it a little bit just from the nature of the story. Yeah. But, but if they had spelled out, been more explicit about that they exactly are sharing a brain. That's um, kind of neat. Yeah, that's it, it, it would have added something to it, certainly. But, anyway, they, uh, they get on drugs and... Uh, the end of the movie. Did we miss anything? I, it's time to get to the end, right? I I, I, I think we're almost at the end <laughs> okay, here. Yeah, because yeah, it, it's yeah. <sighs> they have their tools again, and I think does Elliot do it to Beverly? Is that what happens? Um, no, Beverly does it to Elliot. Okay, okay. Yeah, and earlier before they decided to do this, um, like Claire had found the tools when she got back from Georgia, mm -hmm. and he told Beverly told her they were for separating Siamese twins. Yeah. And then he goes, he goes back to Elliot, who's now living at the clinic 
Um, and it's it's a mess, and, it, and it's just it's like wreck. in squalor, right? Mm-hmm. There's furniture overturned. There's like takeout shit all over the place. Yeah, with probably have maggots crawling in. Yeah, it. I mean, it's, old, it's, it's, it's oh. right. It, it's really you gross. don't want to be there. And then they they disgustingly eat cake together because they they say it's their birthday. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering, is it really their birthday? Are they I don't just know. like eating cake and saying that? I don't. I, I don't because know. at this point you can't tell. Because they're so far gone. Right. You don't know what's actually really happening. Because they're high all the time. Mm-hmm. And they get high enough to, as you alluded to, um, Elliot gets into one of the the chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is in the stirrups and he exposes his bare chest and... Beverly starts working him over with these tools. Yeah, he says he's going to separate the Siamese twins. Yep. And that and they're they're both all for this idea. They're going they're, with it. They're like, yes, this is the only way to to make things better. Right. So he gets one of those tools. I don't know if it's the Freddy Krueger claw thing that I, I think talked that's about. First, yeah. And he I guess he cuts him open and starts doing stuff. We don't, don't we don't we don't exactly don't see, see what it. he does. I mean, we just see blood running down the chair, but when they wake up the next morning, like Beverly thinks he's had a nightmare. And yeah, he, he wakes up in a know, different chair. Right. He's laying in another chair. And in the background, I mean, it's not even a reveal. You just see Elliot right. in the other chair. He's in the chair and like his skin, his like stomach is like like clamped up like yep. on his chest so it's open yep. and you can easily operate without the skin being in the way. Right. Uh, it's pretty gross. He's like been, I, he's just been cut open and yeah. disemboweled or something. That, that that's what that's what happened. Yeah. He and Beverly wakes up and he's like, Elliot, I had an awful dream, and he's like stumbling around, and then he just after saying that, not even remembering, he sees his brother, mm-hmm. and then uh, I think he just lays with him. Yeah, he he tries to go out into the world. Like he fixes himself up. You see him shaving and stuff like that. But he's like he's shaving in the mirror, and you just see blood oh, he's running pressing down his hands. really hard. Yeah, I don't. Know I always he... hate that in film. So do like, I. It just, it's so uncomfortable. I remember seeing Bob Geldof do it in Pink Floyd: The Wall, like mm-hmm. when he's doing it to his eyebrows, and there's just blood dripping into oh. the sink, and it was just like, oh damn it, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, he, and when he, he he goes out for a minute, and he I guess realizes that he just can't be in this world anymore. So he goes back and yeah, lies down with, with his disemboweled brother and roll credits. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Weird film. Scary. It's a very film. strange film. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the first time I saw it, I didn't know what to think about it. I knew that I liked it, but I, but I wasn't sure like, like what the effect that it had on me. But mm-hmm. when I saw it the second time, I, I don't know about you, but I thought it was truly great. Okay. And now I saw it again for the third time, and I, I kind of still feel the same way. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Okay. I, maybe if I see it again, yeah. I'd think it's great. Okay. Um, th- anything else you want to talk about with it? Um, well, I mean, pretty much that I think that Genevieve Bookhold, despite her disappearing in the second half of the movie, is the equal of Jeremy Irons and her performance. Yeah, she's pretty good. And I mean, I just think that she's really awesome in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, no, I'm uh, I think we've we've covered everything. All right. So would you recommend it? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I'd give it four stars. I would have given it five had they developed Claire Nouveau a little better. Uh-huh. But um, I still think it's a four star film. OK, I think I'm just going to give it two stars, Dave. Is that right? Yeah, I it was OK. It was fine film. OK, but I don't know if I'd recommend it to anyone. So I'm. I have to go with the two. This is surprising. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
it's a fine movie. If okay. you like Cronenberg, you'd, you'd like it, but I don't know. Just I wasn't grasped by it the way you were. Mm. So okay, um, two two stars. Yeah. Very well. <laughs> Sorry, this is one of those movies. I know it's very well done though. Yeah, it, it's it's David Cronenberg. It's Cronenberg. Right. And, uh, I like Cronenberg a lot. I'm not in love with all of his stuff though. Okay. So, but uh, and this is probably one I'm not in love with. Well, I and I I think that we just have like maybe a different feelings about Cronenberg because I actually think that he is maybe one of the greatest filmmakers in the world. Really? You know, just overall. Hmm. I, I think his output has been spectacular from start to finish, and I've just loved everything he's ever done. Okay. You know? Well, like some of his movies, I would say, are five stars. Of and course. other ones, not as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. If you don't use iTunes, you can find us on any other podcatcher of your choosing or... Uh, go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies, and our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we also have a voicemail. You can call in and leave us your answer to the question of the week. Uh, Dave, what is the answer to the question of the week? Um, what is your favorite David Cronenberg film? I said, what is the answer? <laughs> did you, did I, you catch that? I, I caught it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, what is your favorite David Cronenberg film? And the number, I didn't give it out, 304 804 Dude, three oh four eight oh four. Dude, so <laughs> give us a call, folks. Favorite Cronenberg film, and stay tuned next week for 1993's Fire in the Sky, directed by Robert Lieberman, starring Robert Patrick and D. B. Sweeney. <laughs> I love saying that name, Dave. <laughs> so until next week, I'm your dude Scott. I'm your dude Dave, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>